What is love? Welcome, Connection. Welcome to our afternoon service. Uh, my name is Colton. Uh, I am the intern pastor here. Uh, Matt Griswold is our lead pastor, but he could not be here today. Um, but what does love have to do with it? What does love have to do with it? You guys might have missed that first video, but it was the Tina Turner, What's Love Got to Do With It? And I've been singing that song for the past two weeks now because I've been watching that video probably daily since then, and it's been absolutely stuck in my head. But she, she brings a good point. What does love have to do with it? She might be talking about a little bit different things, but when we look at what does love have to do with our walk in Christ? What, what does it have to do with our daily lives? That second video, what is love? Is it something we write about? Something we sing about? Something we only do in church? I see that a lot. I see that a lot, a lot of times in my own life in some situations. But love is something that should, is an action. Love is something we should do daily. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just, I just pray that you touch someone in here, Lord. Lord, I just pray that my words speak out because they're not really my words, Lord. They're yours. I didn't write this. You gave it to me. So, Lord, I just pray that we go through this and it it clicks in your name. Amen. But love isn't even close to what those in that video, that first thing, something we sing about. It's something that we should pour out, as it says in that video, and let it change the world. We shouldn't bottle it up. Love, it helps us grow. It helps us grow our faith. It helps us realize what we need to do. It makes us feel accepted. But love is the main component. And uh, if you want to turn to your worship handout, middle page there, there is a, what we call sermon notes. Um, I have the first blank there is we must use love to reach hurting people. Or, if I could read my right. Love is the key for us to grow. Sorry, that's later on. But, uh, love is the key for us to grow. Love is what defines us as Christ followers. As in our relationship with Jesus Christ, that's what our main component is. But why should we love? What's the point? We should love because Jesus loved. It says in John 3.16 that because uh, God loved us first, he sent his son. But I want to take a, a little look at something that we normally take as a wedding vow or what we normally use as 
our wedding verse out of the Bible. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if you want to turn there. Paul wrote this, speaking to the Corinthians on what we're called to do and how, and how church is supposed to be ran and how our lives are should be ran in that matter. It says in verse 1, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of the angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So, in this first, this first little section there, it says, if I could speak all languages of the earth and angels. Let's just put, if I could do anything, whatever I'm the best at, if, if I could do anything I wanted, if I could do it the best, if I could do it, that makes more sense to me, is that, but I didn't, if I didn't love others, it would only be this noise, it would just be a noise in the wind. I think, I think about this verse, and I think of a very crowded room. Say this room is completely full, people standing even. They had the music on, pretty loud. And I was right dead center in the middle. And I, wanted, I had something to tell everyone in the room, super important. Everyone's got to hear it, or we might, it, something bad might happen. But I only speak in a whisper. Does it reach that person in the far corner? Does it reach everyone in the room? Would it even reach the person next to me? This is exactly what happens when we're really good at something or we we push our faith or we push our faith on someone and but we don't show it in our actions. We don't show it in our love. We don't show them compassion. We should, I'm guilty in this, because I, I, a lot of times my actions don't always follow what I'm saying. But it goes on in verse 2, if I had the gift of prophecy or the knowledge of things, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, I wish I had that, but, uh, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains. Man, I know in, in the Bible it said that it only takes like a faith of a mustard seed. But I think that would take a lot more. Or and if I think about that, I don't have that much faith then. But what if I had all of that faith? But it goes on. If, but if didn't love others, I would be nothing. Paul here is... It's saying that he really would be nothing if he didn't love. But he's also saying what Jesus did. Because he went and asked, because he didn't get to walk and, and just be in fellowship with Jesus. So he, would, he went and asked like, the disciples or the people that followed him all around and asked, asked about him. He asked, well, what did he do? He's, what did he do every day? What did he, how, how did he show all this? How did he change so many people's lives? But what was, their, what was their answer? He loved. He didn't just love when he's in front of all the people. He loved when it was just one-on-one. He loved when with everyone. He loved all the time. 
verse 3, it says, If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. If we focus on ourselves and how good we do at a job, we claim it, and we claim it as, a, ourself, as our own, and don't give the credit for someone, to someone else, what happens? If I, if I go, oh, I did this job all by myself, that took ten men to do, what happens? You start pushing people away. You start pushing, you start making enemies, even. It's kind of like playing baseball. If I'm really good at it, I still don't make the whole team. I still need the eight other players. I'm really bad at baseball, but I would love to be really good at it. But but what if I played it with just, oh, this is all me. What does it, what does it do? What happens? The team starts to hate us, hate me, or it starts pushing me away. But let's say I didn't do that. Let's say I wasn't, I'm not that great at it and I just wanted to go play it all the time. Why? Why even play it? I really enjoy it still, but why even play it? It's because we do it for the love of it. We do, do it for the love of baseball. or the lo- I want to do everything in my life for the love of it. I want to love people just because I can love people. But there would be no reason if I, if I didn't love. The next handout says, we must use love to reach hurting people. We must use love to hurt, hurting, or to reach hurting people. Having, having knowledge and, having, and knowing things and being able to quote Bible scripture and quote all the, and really decipher what the Bible is talking about. It, it really doesn't have anything, it doesn't help me if I don't have compassion for someone that needs it. Yes, knowledge is good. Knowledge about it and being able to decipher what it says helps. But it's not the point. It's not, it's not the main center point. Because we can, we can love, if we love, we can reach more people. Yes, and some people need the, the backing and the faith behind it, but there's, or the backing and the knowledge behind it, but there's that too. But it all starts with the love. Matt, our lead pastor, uh, had a few sermons ago taught about a few people that Jesus loved every day and loved completely and wholly. Like the woman at the well. She was an outcast. She was pushed away. She, was, she wasn't even socially wanted anyone to be around her. But Jesus walked up to her, loved her, and accepted her as that. And what did she do? She got up, she ran into the town where all the people that hated her were and loved and, ta- and told about this situation and that how, how she felt loved and how she had the compassion and how this, how this man just loved her. 
and she was the low of the low. I mean, this is where I want to be. This is what I want people to do when I, when I come and just talk to them. I'm not Jesus or anything, but I would like to be able to reach people, even just a few people like that. And then there was the disciples. I mean, they're real wealthy people, you know. Not really. They were, uh, they were just fishermen. Fishermen wasn't, were the lowest of the class. They were, they were lower than most people that are here. If not lower, probably lower, because they didn't have any knowledge of anything but fishing. That's all they did. That's all. They knew how to repair their nets and cast them and then bring the fish back in. But Jesus took those ordinary men and changed the world completely. As we move on into verse 4, this comes into the, the love chapter here, or the love verses here. It says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of wrong or being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. I went through this kind of fast because I don't want to focus on this area because people hear these verses all the time in weddings and, and they, they think, oh, that's what this chapter is about. But it's not. Paul wasn't even talking about marriage at the time. He was talking about what, how the church should be ran. It's how, how the church people should, what they should do Every day. Yes, it's a good focus point to be for, for your marriage. It's, that's a good focus point to be with your, your boyfriend or your girlfriend. But this should be with the person that's sitting next to you. It should be the person that you work with. It should be your best friend. It should be your worst enemy. But do we get that? Paul is just wants us to get the significance and what we need to strive for in our daily walk. But we need to be like this, like these verses say, should not hold wrong against the people that we don't like, that we like, that we trust, or maybe some that's broken our trust, or people that did you wrong, threw you under the bus. Or even our family. Because I know our family is the easiest ones to love. But. <laughs> love should never stop. In our worship handout. Love should never stop. No matter what they do to us. No matter if someone wrongs you. Or someone treats you bad. Or someone. I mean, it's easy to love someone that comes up and gives you $100. But is it easy to love someone that takes $100 from you? As Christ followers, we should love till we die. And not hold anything against anyone. But are we going to do this? Yes. It's kind of our human nature. But should we strive not to? Yes. 
We should not. We should not hold. We should forgive and forget people. And for, we should forgive and forget people. Not forget people. I can't. I can't say that right there. But it's very difficult for us to just forgive and forget. I can forgive someone, but I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna keep that right back here, just in case they want to throw something in my face. I can throw it right back in their face and be like, "Oh, you did this to me, though." But it goes on in verse 8. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge. This, it's just saying here, it's just whatever we're good at. It's whatever that we can just excel at, that we just jump over the fences for. It'll become useless, but love will last forever. Now, our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even gifts of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. Only, I mean, that's just part of it. Like, no matter how much knowledge you have, it's only a little bitty picture of what the whole thing is. We can't see everything. But when the time of perfection comes, or when Jesus returns, or we die and go to heaven... It doesn't, like, these partial things will become useless. So our knowledge is, will become useless of this world. Our knowledge of this world, our knowledge of whatever we can do, is useless if we don't focus and love people that we come in contact while doing it. We'll cease to exist here on earth, but we're going to leave something. I'm not talking about possessions. I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. We're going to leave a legacy. What's your legacy going to be? What's my legacy going to be? I wonder that if I died tomorrow, what what will people think about me? I'm not going to... It's just hard to think that I can... Focus on someone. I can focus on something so much, but someone might see something different. So I need to love in whatever I do. It's kind of like in my job. A lot of times I get a negative attitude because of just things that are happening. And I want to focus on those negative things when I can look and, well, I have a job. They give me a paycheck. I really don't do all that much when I'm at my job and they give me a a really good paycheck. But while I'm I'm doing that job, do I love the people that are there working with me? Do I reach out to them? Do Do I talk to them in a loving manner? Do I share Jesus with them? Do I talk about Jesus that they know that Jesus is the Lord of my life? Do they realize where I stand? Do I do my job like God would want me to do my job? Do I love my wife like I should, like Jesus would want me to? It just, as humans, we're going to die. But if we love, it won't be useless.
moves into our worship handout. We fade away. So we must love in everything we do. We must love in everything we do because we fade away. Chapter 11, or not chapter 11, verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put childish things away. This is a verse that caught me when I was doing this, when I was really working on this and studying this chapter before I actually wrote this. I was working back in Kids Rock, in our uh, Kids Rock section, and uh, they had a ver- they had a their main point was was a uh, patience. Man, pa- these kids are learning about patience back there, and I don't always have patience. Most of the time, I don't have patience, especially when I'm in a car, but. There's a different, but do you know what the definition of patience is? It's waiting for what you want now till later. For what we want now till later. That's a sign of maturity. And these kids back there are, are really already learning this. And I, I read, read this chapter and I go, whoa, this is exactly what God is talking about is that we need to focus on what we how we do and how we live and not just jump and grab jump on something even when let's say I have a I have hot, I want to go play baseball all the time but does that take away from my family does it take away from my finances does it take away from my wife does it take away from what I need to do for God. Or let's say you want to go buy a new car. But there's a car that's just a little bit out of your price range, but you want that car. And you go ahead and get it. And then it stretches you financially. And Paul is challenging us here to say, hey, what you need to really wait here and and really change your perspective on things. Verse 12, it says, Now we see things imperfectly, like a puzzling reflection in a mirror. Or, that's, that's a little thing I really thought about right there, the puzzling reflection. Because sometimes I wake up in the morning, I see myself, and I think, that's a scary sight. And I, I go... But that's, how, that's kind of how I look at my life sometimes, too. Because it's a scary sight. It's, a, it's, a, it's not what I want to see. It's kind of like our, it's just the knowledge of what... But God can see the whole picture. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely. Just as God now knows me completely. This is just saying that 
we know everything, we'll know everything when we die. We'll know what we did, we'll know the whole big picture and why stuff happened and why, why stuff didn't happen and all that. But it's just saying our knowledge here is just useless. It's incomplete. I can know everything about the Bible, but it still won't give me the whole big picture. The last verse in that chapter, it says, there three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest these of love. Us, as Christ followers, like to quote this verse a lot. But do we put this in action? Because we go, oh, we love our mate and we love our friends. But do we love the people that we don't want to? It's checked me a lot. It's like, wow, I use this verse. I even quote this verse sometimes. Because the greatest disease is love. But I don't think I understood the whole idea of love at the time when I would quote this until I really got in and studied this. Do we put an emphasis on love in our lives? We need to focus on our love every day. And focus on how we love and focus on who we love. As we go through our our weeks this next week, I want I really want to challenge you guys to focus on it and really push that way to focus on the people that you don't love or you kind of push away. As a Christ follower, this my love is the hardest thing that we can do. It is absolutely the hardest thing to do. I can I can study things and sometimes get it. But I can't always love. It's very difficult sometimes. I just... Love is the most important thing. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for just allowing me to speak what you want to be spoken. Because these are not my words, again, like I said. Lord, I pray that uh, we go through our weeks and we just we, ch- I ch- we challenge ourselves to love each other. And we love the people that we want to love and we love the people that we don't want to love. Lord, I just pray that we get the significance of this. And I pray that we live a life that's worth remembering. In your name, amen.